Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Just about ready to jump into the Word of God today. Um, look forward to sharing. I will move along briskly because we've got a little bit to get through, but just pray today as we share some thoughts today out of our journey in Ephesians that it speaks to your heart. Amen. Um, we've been going through it verse by verse um, and we'll continue to the end. Uh, but I love what we've been doing as we've gone through verse by verse in the book of Ephesians because often, many weeks now, we're talking about things that we normally would not speak about. And today's no exception. So we look at it. Paul, we see, um, wrote the letter while enduring his first Roman imprisonment. He was writing uh, this book uh, while he was chained and while a Roman guard was standing next to him. This is the, the setting in which Paul uh, is writing to the church in Ephesus. And he's writing the church because writing to the church, it was a large church in the city of Ephesus, and he's writing to the church because he's quite concerned um, about a falling away potentially happening in the church. He's quite concerned that the church is becoming increasingly worldly and getting caught up in all the trappings of living in a modern city. And that's the background or the heart in which Paul is encouraging the uh, Ephesians church and we see that as we go through this this morning that many of the same temptations to depart from the faith are tugging at the hearts of the 21st century believers as well. How many times do we find ourselves getting caught up in the temptations of the world, getting sucked into the culture that we live in? We're meant to live as counter-cultural Christians or believers. Amen. And Paul, in the last few weeks as we've been going through the journey together, Paul was imploring the church to see itself as one body. Uh, in that day, in that time, um, the church saw itself or, or the believers saw themselves either as Gentiles or Jews. And Paul saying, uh, uh, there's no longer Gentiles and Jews, we are all now one in Christ. Amen. Don't you love that thought there? He also reminded the church that they were united by the same Spirit who brought them into the common baptism of faith. They entered that faith by the same calling from the same Father, and therefore they had no spiritual reason to consider themselves separate now. They were all one in God, in Christ, through Christ. Amen. And Paul reminds us as we've been going through this journey and as we've looked at the book, there's two essential or, or key elements that Paul's been trying to communicate to the church in Ephesus and us today. The first one is that we need to have sound doctrine or a sound understanding of the Word of God, right? Sound doctrine. And the second one is that we are not only meant to hear uh, and to understand doctrine, but we're meant to work out how do we apply that to our lives. So Paul's encouragement or challenge to them is don't just be hearers of the word, but also make sure that you're a doer of the word as well. Amen. Too many people can be just hearers of the word and not doers of the word. And that's the journey that we've been on as we've been going through. And today, as we uh, look this week, we're going to look uh, at another challenging thought this morning um, from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 to 16. And we're going to be reading it out of the New Living Bible, okay? It'll be up on the screen there. And then we want to pull one verse out of, the, uh, out of that chapter. And then we're going to finish with another scripture uh, that I felt that God's given us as a church to challenge us. Amen. Is that good? Awesome. So it says there in this um, scripture, because remember, we're not called just to have good teaching and, and a good understanding of the Word. We're also meant to work out how do we apply it or how do we do the Word. So in verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 4 from the Living Bible, it says this, 
until finally we all believe alike about our salvation and about our Saviour, God's Son, and all become full-grown in the Lord, yes, to the point of being filled full with Christ. Then we will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe, because someone has told us something different or has cleverly lied to us and made, us, uh, and made the lie sound like a truth. Instead, we will lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly and dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly, and each part in its own special way helps the other parts, so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. Aren't they beautiful scriptures this morning? Aren't they just so encouraging, so uplifting, uh, and so potentially life-changing? Beautiful scriptures, but this morning I want to focus on this one particular part of the scripture this morning, um, and it says this. This is what we'd like to focus on this morning. And it says, And so become more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. God's whole plan for my life and your life is that we become more like Jesus Christ. Amen, Shane. Thank you very much. Yes. Amen. That's God's whole purpose and whole plan for our lives. It was that we would become more and more like Christ. There are so many attributes uh, in the life of Jesus that we could focus on so many. But I believe as we focus on this one attribute that I want to share with you briefly this morning, uh, I believe that as we do that, Paul's writing uh, becomes a reality for the local church. In other words, if we can focus on and become more like Christ in this one attribute that I'm about to share, with you in a moment's time, if we can, we can sort of do that, become that, then this is the result of what takes place. It says that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. If we can do this, then the church will be healthy and growing and full of love. Amen. Who doesn't want to be a part of a church that is healthy, growing and full of love? Amen. We all want to be a part of a local church that is healthy, growing, and full of love. And I love our local church. We are, we are a healthy, growing church that is growing in love. Amen. But I believe that there is more that God wants us to experience yet. And so therefore, if we can get this part and do this part, it will equate to God growing the church, it becoming healthy and full of love. So what's the attribute that Jesus, that, that leads to a healthy, growing uh, church that's full of love? I want to share it with you this morning. The attribute that I feel that we need to focus on this morning is servanthood. Jesus came to serve. Hallelujah. Oh, I shouldn't sing. I'll waste my time or your time. <laughs> More importantly. Incredible servanthood. If, if we know what it means to truly serve one another from the heart, serve one another with the gifts, the abilities, the skills that God has given us, if we can do that, then the church automatically will, will grow, uh, will be healthy, and will be full of love if we understand the power of serving. So we want to just look at this this morning because the truth is Jesus came to serve. What I find amazing is that Jesus uh, willingly chose to humble himself and take on the form of a servant. 
And he's called his followers in Christ, you and I, to be servants as well. Amen. You know, my, my, my great fear today is that much of the church has lost sight that we've been called to be servants in the body of Christ. Much of the church has lost that, that vision and that understanding and the power that comes out of a heart of servanthood. Amen. We have uh, consumer Christianity today. We have people that treat church like they would a restaurant or a shopping mall. Uh, and the main focus is that church exists to meet their needs. Oh, I'll go to that church because it meets my needs or I'm not going to go to this church anymore because it doesn't meet my needs and I'm going to go to that church. The church doesn't exist to meet your needs, friends. Hello. If you think that, you need a good... I wouldn't say that, Josh. Never. But you hear what I'm saying this morning? How many Christians do you speak to that go, you know, oh, well, our needs aren't being met. You're meant to not come and, just, and get, me, get him a heart there. There should be vision and there should be a sense of the presence of God in the place and, and a time of the Holy Spirit to move and all that. Him a heart. But if you're coming to church and it's just about what I can get out of it, you've missed the point. God brings you to a local church. He's endowed you. He's gifted you. He's given you uh, abilities in which you're meant to serve and to build the church and make it strong hallelujah i think that's like a pentecostal dance or something amen but too many people have this consumer mentality that the church is here and exists to serve me it's never meant to be that way the truth is this you and i were, were made to make a contribution not just to consume god made you and i to make a difference amen he made you and I to make a difference, amen. Before you were born in your mother's womb, God crafted you and shaped you a certain way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when it comes to serving, I want us to look at the attitude of Jesus because in Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, from the Living Bible, listen to the words of Jesus. This is your Savior. He is your Savior, right? He's your master. He's your Lord, right? You got it? This is what he's saying to us today as he was saying to his disciples back then. He says, Your attitude must be like my own, for I did not come to be served, but to serve. So many people aren't experiencing the joy of salvation because they're not serving. So many people are dried up on the inside and, and potentially in a, a wilderness experience pr primarily because you're no longer serving. When you serve, you come alive. Amen. Your attitude must be like my own. I love that Jesus says we can have an attitude. I love that. Get an attitude, all of you. Just get a big attitude. Humongous one. Get an attitude that big that we're going to see it coming on your shoulder in the way into the church. Amen. Let your attitude be the same of Jesus, that he came to serve, came not to be served, but to serve. So what does it mean to look like to have an attitude like Jesus? Well, I want to share a few thoughts with you this morning. Now, Jesus took lots of steps throughout his life, but he also made many stops. Jesus uh, took uh, many steps, 
but he also made many stops. A lot of people talk about the steps of Jesus. There's been a lot of writing about that. And if you go to certain parts of the Middle East, you'll see where Jesus took the steps. Uh, but not many people talk about the stops of Jesus. And I want to just touch on those that thought this morning in Matthew chapter 20, verse 30, 32, Jesus stopped for the two blind men. And then in Luke chapter 7, Jesus stopped for the widow who lost her son. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus stops for a tax collector. Jesus was always making stops. He stopped to serve others. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. He stopped to make a difference in that man's life. Three people looked, but only one stopped. The one that stopped made all the difference to the one that was dying half dead on the side of the road. And we've got to ask ourselves the question, are we willing to make stops in our lives to serve others? Or are our goals and our priorities too important to stop and to serve someone? Are your priorities, is your life that busy that no longer can you stop to serve someone. The number one enemy of servanthood is busyness. We just get so busy. And many people's attitudes is I'll lose something by stopping and serving someone. But I believe the opposite is true. In fact, I want you to listen to the words of Jesus this morning because there are many people here today potentially, probably not so much so in Shell Harbour Community Church because there's an amazing local church. Amen. Amazing local church. Hallelujah. You're amazing. But there could be many people that aren't serving others because their lifestyle or they're so busy in their life that no longer have they understood or understand the power of stopping to serve someone. Stopping to serve. Stopping to make a difference in someone's life. Is your life too busy? Ask the question, where are you serving? Who are you serving today? You might be thinking today, well, I've got too much going on to serve. Well, hey, or you might be thinking today, I'm too old, I'm too mature. Not, not old in, as in age, but I think a lot of Christians just think, oh, I'm so old in the faith now. You know, I've sort of grown out of serving now. I'm on the other side of serving because I've just been a Christian for so long. No longer do I need to serve. Hello, you're so stupid if you think that. You are. You're so stupid if you think that. We never stop serving with the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given us. And the day that we do will dry up. Oh, is that all right? I don't want to upset you this morning. I hope the Holy Ghost does though. Amen. Is your life too busy that you haven't got the ability to make stops? And again, you might be thinking, if I stop, it's going to cost me something. Well, I want to encourage you this morning. Listen to the words of Jesus. And this is in relation to serving, and then we're just about done. He says in, verse, in John chapter 13, verse 17, Jesus' words are these. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus says there, if you know these things, blessed are you if you know them. If you know these things, blessed are you if you know them. 
I know so much about the Bible. I can give you the Greek and the Hebrew. We know that God drinks coffee because of the book of Hebrews. Yes, we know that for a fact. I can tell you the, the, the hidden mysteries of the scripture. Oh, I know so much. It's not just about your knowing. It's about your doing. Jesus said, blessed you will, will be. Uh, what, what's he say? If, <laughs> blessed you will be. I'm not sure about that translation. He says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So what's the context of the preceding verses of Scripture? What, what's the background of what's going on here? What, what's taking place before John uh, chapter 13, verse 17? Well, we see in a number of verses before that, we see Jesus um, at the Last Supper taking a bowl and a towel and washing the disciples' feet. He's serving them. Then he goes on, giving them an example. He says, I've done this for you. You call me Lord and Master. Then I encourage you to do that for one another as well. And then in that few verses of Scripture before 17, he talks about who he wants to be the greatest amongst you should be your servant. I think that's the, the context. The, the whole number of verses, the preceding verses before that, is Jesus painting a picture of what it means to serve one another. Some Christians couldn't even be bothered or wouldn't even come to the thought of cleaning the church toilet because they're too important. What the? You know, that's, that's for the host team. That's for somebody else. I, oh, goodness gracious me, I'm running out of time. The key to greatness is serving. You want to be great in God's serve. And watch the way that God elevates you, gifts you, empowers you more and more and more. But he's saying, after he's shown them this example, he says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. In other words, rather than just thinking about, oh, geez, that was a nice story. We, we saw you do this stuff, Lord. and We're going to tell everybody in the years to come that you came and the Messiah of the world, you, you, you washed our feet and you really encouraged us. And oh, I got goosebumps when you did that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. No. He was one of the... The disciples to understand the power of seeing, but also the power of doing. You want your life to change. You want to uh, experience more of God's presence. If you, if you want to break out of a, a sense of I'm barren on the inside, then I want to say, friend, with all of my heart, serve, amen. Work out who and where you can serve because Jesus says there, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The word blessed means happy. If you're happy... What's that song? <laughs> Sometimes I finish and go, I don't know why people keep coming back. <laughs> I do, I go, there is. Happy are you if you do them? So I'll just finish with this. How are we blessed when we serve others? 
First of all, we experience deeper fellowship when we serve. People unite among a common cause. It's where you get to know each other and when the walls are broken down. Thought. If you're feeling isolated, then begin to serve. Isolation destroys our faith, fellowship, service builds it up. The enemy's greatest ploy is to isolate the believer. My barren times have been in isolation and my fruitful times have been in service. Blessed are you, happy you will be. We experience deeper fellowship when we serve. Amen. You can come to the church here and, and come and we, we do our best. We, we, nearly every other week we talk about how we're going and connecting with people and building people in and integrating people and all of that stuff. And, but I realize this at the end of the day, if you're feeling isolated within yourself, potentially it could be it's because you need to take that simple step of being involved somewhere in the local church. Because when you start to get involved in an aspect or a part of the local church, you start to get connected to the body. You start to have a greater sense of fellowship. I mean, you get to know a few people and therefore it starts to change but the enemy's greatest ploy for people is to isolate them but service helps us to break out of isolation and we receive blessed happy a greater sense of fellowship amen second little thought one of the benefits of serving secondly we experience a greater sense of significance when we serve others Studies have proven that people who go on to serve after they retire live longer and experience a greater sense of joy and significance in their lives than those that don't. Studies have proven that. The people retire but go on to serve experience greater, greater levels of significance and joy after retirement. Isn't that an awesome thought? Hallelujah. Amen. When we start to do what we were designed for, there comes a great sense of significance. Serving in your grace zone, God has designed the perfect place for you and I to serve. I found that the most life-giving experience is when I serve others with the gifts that God has given me. You won't grow unless you serve. Amen. Where are you serving? How are you serving? Who are you serving today? If you want your life to change, you go to another level of intimacy, to go to another level of expectation and faith, then I encourage you today, if you're not serving someone, serve someone. Make a stop this week. Amen. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> so serving experience a greater sense of significance just about finished this morning we experience a deeper joy when we serve the truth is you and i were made to serve what you were made to serve that's why you're not happy it's like me taking that min coder ipilot oh i'm gonna have fun with this it's like me taking that Minn Kota eye pilot and trying to make it do the work of the 90 horsepower Suzuki four-stroke that I've always wanted. I mean, I've always wanted a Suzuki. All right, I'm just throwing it out there. I've had Hondas and ever, but I've never had a Suzuki. But it's like taking the 80-pound Minn Kota eye pilot and trying to make it do the work of the 90 horsepower Suzuki four-stroke. It's just not going to cut the mustard. Same in our lives. If we're not using our lives for the intended purpose for which we were created in, we won't experience the outcomes that God has intended for us. You got it? 
So if you're doing things in your life and in your world that aren't equating to serving others, then potentially you won't be experiencing the all and the more that God has for you. Hallelujah. We were designed, we were created, we were His workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Joy comes as you do what you were designed for. Gifts, talents and abilities, all that God has shaped us. You and I were made to make a contribution, not just to consume. God made you and I to make a difference. And what matters most is not how long you live your life. What matters is not the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. More joy. Listen to this. You think less of yourself when you think more about how to serve others. The more you think about serving others, the less you think about your own problems. There's power. That's what Jesus said. Happy will you be if you do these things. Fourth, as we conclude this morning, we receive great gifts. Excuse me, we receive great Rewards. The Bible says, For when the Son of Man comely in the glory of his Father with the angels, and then he reward each one according to their works. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. And the truth is, the rewards aren't all on the other side of eternity. Jesus teaches the disciples in John chapter 13. Rewards come here down on earth as we lay down our lives to serve others. Amen. So serving brings great reward. Serving others brings us deeper fellowship, greater significance, greater joy. Maybe this morning, as we start to conclude this morning, maybe this morning, your breakthrough, the thing that you're seeking God for, maybe this morning, that would be in your ability to be obedient to God and say yes to God in the area that He's calling you to serve Him in. Maybe. So we're going to conclude right now. And I want to just use a very, this, this verse of Scripture that I felt that, 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 that God wanted us just to, just to touch on a little bit more as we conclude. And then just a very simple illustration. This, this is how God sees the church, His body. Amen? Let me read this verse of Scripture to you. It's beautiful. Got plastic plates. Amen. Oh, Dumbo. Big fat lazy koala. What are you? Okay, sorry. <laughs> no one taped that, I hope. I want you to. Re <laughs> Don't believe I just did that. You know what it was? I started talking about the Suzuki and got so excited. Angel. Halo. Come on. But have a look at this. This is how God plans the church and his heart with which it would function. Listen to it. Should be up on the screen there. From whom the whole body, the church, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. According to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Knit together by what every joint supplies, working by which every part 
does it share? There are so many analogies in the scripture of the church being like a body. Amen. In Corinthians, it just talks about the church as a, as a body. And, and we see there, you know, um, every one of us is a part of the church. Amen. Every one of us uh, is, is, is plays some role within the body. That's how God sees us. That's how God intends it to be. That we all play our part and we all supply and we do our share. That's fair. Amen. But this is how it works. I believe that God will raise up a, a man and a woman or a man or a woman and he will give them a, like, like a vision, a, 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 a purpose for, for that local church, for that local congregation. He'll give them the heart of heaven for what's meant to be outworked. Amen. And so he'll place a burden on them. Amen. And at first, you know, just on their own, they can probably carry the burden and work with the burden and walk with the burden and talk with the burden. But God doesn't intend just that one person or those individuals to carry the burden on their own. No, because it says up here, every joint supplies and every part does its share. So the plan of God is, is that, you know, you take a bit of that burden today and you carry that part by supplying and, and, and uh, up there doing your share. Amen. Fair? Amen. And so God will, will say, um, I'll, give it to, I'll give it to you, director of Sprouts, the best Christian long daycare centre in the Illawarra and beyond. No, the whole of New South Wales. No, Australia. That sounded like that Olympics thing. Like Australia, Australia. Remember that all those years ago. So every part supplies and every part does its share. You know, evangelism, can you carry that? That's so important to our congregation and to its future. Amen. Worship. We just need worship. Uh, you know, we need people that will carry the, the responsibility to do its share, uh, supply within the area that you've been gifted in. Amen. Uh, James, how could I not give you a, a, a plate this morning? Um, Jura Saram, what? Anyway, it looks good. You know, helping with hospitality, uh, bring, bringing your gift and your experience in the area of making coffees on a Sunday morning. Joint supplies, does it share? You get the point this morning? Amen. That's God's plan is that we'd all just pick up our plates and, and supply and do our share. Amen. That's God's plan and he's, it's his heart. Running amazing small groups. Amen. Just give it to I'm giving it to you. So we'll finish there this morning. I just trust and pray today that you just receive something from that. Amen. You are so important to God. You are so needed in the house of God. You, 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 you know, don't ever underestimate um, um, whatever it is that you feel to bring or whatever it is that you bring to the local church. We are all so needed as we love one another and as we serve one another. The church is built up and edified in love. Amen. That's awesome. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We just pray today, God, as we've gathered around your word, we just ask that you'd speak to us, especially, Lord, if we might be struggling with the area that we need to serve in. Well, Lord, I just pray, let us just be bold and try anywhere. Start wherever it may be, God, and take those stops just as Jesus did today because we know that as we do that, Lord, we are just going to experience a greater sense of joy and significance. An incredible breakthrough. So we thank you today for your great blessing. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Kim.